the law school of america an implied in fact contract is a form of an implied contract formed by nonverbal conduct rather than by explicit words the united states supreme court has defined it as an agreement implied in fact as founded upon a meeting of minds which although not embodied in an express contract is inferred as a fact from conduct of the parties showing in the light of the surrounding circumstances their tacit understanding Although the parties may not have exchanged words of agreement, their conduct may indicate that an agreement existed. For example, if a patient goes to a doctor's appointment, his actions indicate he intends to receive treatment in exchange for paying reasonable-slash-fair doctor's fees. Likewise, by seeing the patient, the doctor's actions indicate he intends to treat the patient in exchange for payment of the bill. Therefore, it seems that a contract actually existed between the doctor and the patient, even though nobody spoke any words of agreement. They both agreed to the same essential terms and acted in accordance with that agreement. There was mutuality of consideration, in such a case, the court will probably find that, as a matter of fact, the parties had an implied contract. If the patient refuses to pay after being examined, he will have breached the implied contract. Another example of an implied contract is the payment method known as a letter of credit. Generally, an implied contract has the same legal force as an express contract. However, it may be more difficult to prove the existence in terms of an implied contract should a dispute arise. In some jurisdictions, contracts involving real estate may not be created on an implied-in-fact basis, requiring the transaction to be in writing. Unilateral contracts are often the subject matter of these types of contracts where acceptance is being made by beginning a specified task. Potential conduct implying implied contract. 1. A prior history of similar agreements, and 2. When the recipient accepts something of value knowing the other party expects payment. Collateral contract. A collateral contract is usually a single-term contract, made in consideration of the party for whose benefit the contract operates agreeing to enter into the principal or main contract, which sets out additional terms relating to the same subject matter as the main contract. The collateral contract coexists side by side. For example, a collateral contract is formed when one party pays the other party a certain sum for entry into another contract. A collateral contract may be between one of the parties and a third party. It can also be epitomized as follows. A collateral contract is one that induces a person to enter into a separate primary contract. For example, if X agrees to buy goods from Y that will, accordingly, be manufactured by Z and does so on the strength of Z's assurance as to the high quality of the goods, X and Z may be held to have made a collateral contract consisting of Z's promise of quality given in consideration of X's promise to enter into the main contract with Y. Elements of a valid collateral contract A party to an existing contract may attempt to show that a collateral contract exists if their claim for a breach of contract fails because the statement they relied upon was not held to be a term of the main contract. It has been held that for this to be successful, the statement must have been promissory in nature. Remedies may be awarded for breach of a collateral contract. Promissory in nature. A collateral contract is one where the parties to one contract enter into or promise to enter into another contract. Thus, the two contracts are connected and it may be enforced even though it forms no constructive part of the original contract. In J.J. Savage and Sons Proprietary Limited v. Blackney a mere expression of opinion was held insufficient to be satisfied as a promise. In Crown Melbourne Limited v. Cosmopolitan Hotel, Vic, 
proprietary limited a statement by a landlord made to intending tenants when negotiating a lease that they would be looked after at renewal time, would not bind the landlord to offer a further five-year lease. Intention to induce. The promiser must have expressly or impliedly requested about the main contract and his promissory statement must have intended to induce the entry of the other party into the main contract. According to Lord Denning Mr., a collateral contract is held binding when a person gives a promise, or an assurance to another, intending that he should act on it by entering into a contract. Consistency A collateral contract, if forged between the same parties as the main contract, must not contradict the main contract. That is, if the term was agreed upon prior to the completion of the formal contract, but was still included as a term, and could not be executed until completion of the second term, the first term will still be allowed. Essentially the collateral contracts cannot contradict any element of the main contract nor the rights created by it. Letter of Credit A theory sustains that it is feasible to typify letter of credit as a collateral contract for a third-party beneficiary because letters of credit are prompted by the buyer's necessity and an application of the theory of Jean de Matt. The cause of a letter of credit is that a bank issue a credit in favor of a seller to release the buyer of his obligation to pay directly to the seller with legal tender. There are in fact three different entities participating in the letter of credit transaction, the seller, the buyer, and the banker. Therefore, a letter of credit theoretically fits as a collateral contract accepted by conduct, or in other words, an implied in fact contract. Exception to other legal rules. Privity of contract. Collateral contracts are an exception to the privity of contract doctrine, which provides that a contract cannot impose obligations or confer rights on a non-contracting party. However, in circumstances where a collateral contract is established between a third party and one of the contracting parties, the court may allow rights or impose obligations on the non-contracting party, as illustrated in the earlier tortious case of Donahue v. Stevenson. Parole Evidence Rule Common law recognizes collateral contract as an exception to parole evidence rule, meaning that admissible evidence of a collateral contract can be used to exclude the operation of the parole evidence rule. Practically, it is rare to find a collateral contract as an exception as it must be strictly proved, and the burden of proof is only eased if the subject matter with which the main contract deals is more unusual. Notable Cases In the English case of Barry v. Davis, it was held that an auctioneer and a buyer had formed a collateral contract. It was held that even though the main contract does not involve the auctioneer, benefits given to the auctioneer for increasing the price of a bid constitutes a good consideration. In Hoyt's Proprietary Limited v. Spencer, a landlord has promised orally not to exercise the right to termination in the principal contract if the tenant signed the contract, landlord ended up terminating the main contract, whereas the tenant's appeal was dismissed by the court. Now a word from our sponsor. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Law School of America. This has been a Creative Commons licensed podcast. The content used in the podcast is licensed by the Wikimedia Foundation Incorporated under a Creative Commons Attribution, Share Alike License. The text has been modified for audio.
The content of these podcasts is for informational purposes only and do not constitute professional advice. These podcasts are not associated with the Wikimedia Foundation in any context. Thank you.